Spear-checking Cherubin parts strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of the top end pub. So there I am, right, trying to learn the art of Zen through some beer yoga with Beryl from Lifeline. She gets me to put an ankle behind my ear hole and out comes the most rancid. Uh-oh. What's going on? Smith. Oh, showtime. Great. Yeah, let's quick, go. Quick, quick hurry up. drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome aboard the virtual vessel on a change of seasons which you potty mullets down south quaintly call the change of winter to spring. We in the Territory refuse to adhere to such seasonal norms. It's supposedly the last gasp of a fairly ordinary dry season, I've got to say. A dry season that didn't lack, well lacked a lot of punch in the cold front, which was quite nice really, it kept the water quite temperate for our friend the Barramundi, but I think we are on the turn towards the build. I noticed, I noticed fishos, that first, first tingling of fungal discomfort around the fork, starting to just tweedle its way to my consciousness over the last couple of days. Could it be the build-up? Are we in for a big, long build-up? Then again, that could just have been a matter of personal hygiene and neglected washing. It's a mystery, Fishos. It's a mystery that we here in the tinny will have a bit of a sniff, we'll have a bit of a dig and a scratch around down there. I'm not sniffing nothing. And see if we can come up... <laughs> With some conclusive bacterial fungal CSI type results. You Was that the first tingling of fungal discomfort around the fork? <laughs> you investigate yourself, all right? I'll look after me. It's all about self-care, isn't it? Well, one of my mates is really, really sure that he's got the um, the jock rod issue sorted. Now, often uh, in the wet season, you get a wet pair of undies and you knock around for too long in them. I always thought that was the reason. But he's convinced it is. Like you say, it's just hygiene. You just, you just gotta, you just gotta wash more, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> just, Apple cider just, vinegar. Grit, grit your teeth. What? I'm not doing teeth, that. Give it a swab. <laughs> you know you're alive. That's. I don't know if it kills it, but boy, jeez, you know you're alive, Tim. Just gotta shower more. <laughs> yeah, it has been not much of a dry season in terms of cold weather. Has it might We whinge if it's cold though, and we <laughs> whinge if it's warm though. It's true. The only thing I've got to whinge about from this dry rob is that the the bounty that I can often provide from my garden and my life, that is bags upon bags of mangoes for you and and uh, magpie goose and chicken sausages. I can't provide the sausages anymore because the magpie goose bag limit's down to three. Mm. First time in twelve years my mango tree hasn't flowered, and they reckon it's because it never got cold enough. Oh, it needed that trigger. Yeah, it's disappointing. I found the uh, mango juice helpful in the 
in, in the, the, in the, the regions, having the scratch and the sniff around down yeah. there where the mango leaf is. Helps, helps with the lubrication when one thigh is adhering to the other like sandpaper. <laughs> Good news for one fisho on the tinny this week who suffered that great injustice last week of catching a million dollar fish from this season a month before the comp started. Now, we hear you, fishos, we hear you. Outrage! We, we, well, we hear the outrage on both fronts, both the outrage that he didn't get anything for it, but also the outrage of why should he? I mean, it was last month's lotto ticket. Mm. But we thought you could offer the man something. He was broken. He just wanted a beer just a or little, an esky. a little emotional band-aid. That's what hurt us. The guy won't fish again, he's too traumatised. We heard his heart break. He was out at the East Alligator. We'd heard his heart break from Darwin. Some bloody good news this week. And thank you to you, the Broad Tinny Church, for helping us exert the pressure. And a few lessons that we all need to learn when we get out on the water in the top end. Ideally, your outboard runs on all cylinders. That's lesson number one. Ideally, your boat doesn't sink or take on water. Lesson number two. And crocodiles are a big deal. They're not a myth. We will meet a crew of fishos who learnt all these lessons the hard way, all on the one trip. Mullet moments regurgitated. It was pitch black, couldn't find the gas. So I need a torch. Couldn't find a torch. And then the jewelry's running under the boat and my, my shorts fell down, so. <laughs> I kicked them off. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. Free balling. Yeah. <laughs> and then found the torch and the gaff and I landed it. Yeah. The crewmate would have been unhappy that you found the torch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, sure, good. Put the strides back on and took some photos. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't going to take the photos with the strides off then? No. no. Oh, natural? No. Beautiful. How did it feel swinging in the breeze, bringing those jewies in? <laughs> I was more worried about the bloody braid on the, on the keel. Catching something untoward. Yeah. Tales from the Tinny. Down the Great Territory track, just a ways, we're going to catch up now with the Great Territory icon, the Ayatollah of the DKVR, the revered, the worshipped Warren DeWitt from Rod and Rifle Tackle World in Catherine, and also Il Duce, Presidente of Affant. Warren, how are you going, mate? Revered and worshipped. It just gets worse every week, doesn't it, Warren? Uh, hang on, I'll get a bucket, boys. I'll yeah, get it's a, a bit bucket. like that. Uh, I've got to take my woolly coat off first, though, because it's pretty cool down here at the moment. You getting those southeasterlies again? Yeah, they're pushing through pretty strong. They've been like it for the last four or five days, so we've had a really strong southeasterly, and the temperature's been getting down to 10 degrees of a morning. So it's been a bit of a jumper period, I suppose, for the last week, and I think it's sort of going to ease up over the weekend. They're sort of saying that the wind should die off and it should start to possibly warm up again by next week um we've got neat tides at the moment which are really good for people to go and fish some of the bigger river systems um but you don't want to really do it on the east coast side at the moment because there's so much wind coming through from the gulf and the blue water fishing's been just spectacular everywhere in the gaps between those winds so that's the key isn't it either pick the time of day or pick the weekend when you can get there when it's likely to be calmer yeah, exactly, and, and looks like um, you know going by the the forecast that the weather should be drying off, the weather should be dying off a little bit on over the weekend. So hopefully people will be able to get out and get offshore this weekend because yeah, the fishing has been absolutely fantastic in the blue water. 
Um, and no matter who you talk to, where they go, they seem to either be catching either billfish or, or getting heaps of uh, reef fish. So it's been really good season this year. You wouldn't have heard of billfish seasons like this in the past, would you, Warren? Never, ever has it ever been as good as what it is at the moment. And for the life of me, I can't work out why it is. It's got to be something to do with the current lines. It's got to be the, the water has come in closer and brought either the bait fish into the area or the clear water's coming closer off Dundee, or there's more guys out there fishing. I'm not really sure, but, I mean, most times there's been a fair few blokes having a crack out there and they've only ever pulled up those smaller sails where a lot of them now are pulling up sails up to 25 kilo and obviously tangling with some of those black marlin as well, which aren't big fish, but they're getting them up to 60 kilos. And I heard a report um, a couple of days ago, one bloke reckoned he had one on about 200 kilos. Oh, a proper one, a proper fair income one. Yep. Yeah, and he dropped it after about a half an hour to three quarters of an hour having it on. It pulled the hooks on him. On the billabongs, Warren, as we know, the general rule is that corroboree and hardies are hard work. Your son's found, found that out himself, hasn't he? Yeah, he was out there yesterday, went to Corroboree, had some good friends over from Canada and he took them out there for the day and uh, he was only able to catch a couple of catfish uh, for the day but he said it was very windy and the water temperature was down. Just call them Barramundi, what would the Canadians (laughs) know? Oh, exactly. Uh, They loved it anyway because they've seen crocodiles and the bird life on Corroboree, you know, as as we all know, is spectacular. But he did say that he was marking a lot of good fish um, on the the snags and then some of the structure underneath him. So there are still good fish in corroboree. It's just a matter now waiting for that water temperature to pick up again. Um, And once that does, I reckon we'll sort of flick into the build-up. And I reckon October, you know, September, end of September, October, you will start seeing some really good fish coming out of corroboree. Meanwhile, a really interesting observation coming up over the next hour or so from a fisher who's been out at the Kakadu Billabongs, Yellowwater's home and Martigal. And as the water temperature dropped four degrees or so over the last week, fishing shut off. When the water temperature was that bit warmer, he, he was coming into pods of 20, 30, 40 and more barramundi who were feeding right in the middle of the billabong really aggressively. It's all the evidence you need that water temperature matters at this time of year. Ah, definitely. And that, and if the water temperature stabilises for a little bit, which we've spoken about in the past, those fish will come back on the bite. They might be as aggressive as if the water temperature was a couple of degrees warmer, but certainly they'll continue to feed, but they're just a little bit more selective. And when we go into that build-up, we'll start to see some really good fishing happening in all those billabongs because they are chock-a-block full of barra this year, even though some of them are the rats that we talk about under 55 centimetre size. The amount of people that are talking about the juvenile fish that they're seeing in the systems is just phenomenal. And and come this year or next year and the year after, we're going to reap the rewards of this great wet season that we've had this year with the recruitment of those juvenile fish coming into the systems. Uh, Moving around the parish a little bit, Warren, with that southeast of the Roper, I'm assuming, is shut down. Will it fish okay once once the wind settles? Yeah, it will. Once we get through and get into the build-up, that's obviously when those bigger fish start turning up at the mouth of the Roper again when we get into October, November period. And even late September is not too bad. But again, it depends on that wind. And at the moment, you you wouldn't be at the front of the Roper or any anywhere along that Gulf Coast uh, area because you've got a strong wind warning out at the moment and it is pumping pretty hard. So it's not a pleasant place to be when it's actually blowing like that because it, it gets a really bad short chop. Right, Warren. Uh, one thing we can be assured of is that uh, you'll be telling us the Roper is still crap when you're heading you out there for your first trip. <laughs> 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 See you, Warren. Thanks, mate. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>
you got me to a T, Rob, didn't you? <laughs> that was perfect, wasn't it? That was a smackdown. Just a little, you know, a little stick a little bayonet in every now and then. Thanks, seats, mate. Right, good idea. You've had your ear to the hoying pipe, the hoying tin can on string, Tim. What's been, who's been hoying us? Who's been rattling our chain? Tebbs was on last week in the harbour. Bloody hell, the top two teams who took that out, some amazing flats fishing in the harbour. Serious, serious numbers of barrel. We'll come to that later on, those reports though. But Koala, who we know a bit on the tinny, fished the Tebs. So he was out in the harbour, sees two blokes waving and screaming at him from the rocks near Inpex. Went over and they're, over, they're on the rocks by themselves. There's no boat in sight. Their old man, who's about 80 years old, has dementia and has taken the boat to go and check oh, a crab no. pot. Oh, no. And forgotten them. He's forgotten what he's doing, according to these guys. (laughs) Not sure how long they'd been there, so Koala does the right thing, obviously. Goes to find the forgetful fella, reunites him. What did Koala get? I mean, this wasn't the reason he retold the yarn. No. But but, but they got muddy, so you could have chucked him a muddy or a couple of beers. Nothing? Nothing. You know, this is... It breaks your heart, Tim. It's becoming too consistent. I think we, we've got a role here, Robert, to stand up for what's honourable in the Territory. Take us back to a time. Was it not that long ago, Fishos, when someone did you a righty, you gave them a beer? Or something. Like or a, a mud, mud, crab, mud crab. Or a fillet. Or a cuddle. Anything. It's as you say. You're not, you're not going to not do the job. But it's just... It's keeping the big circle of karma and love on the water that's what it alive. Is. You that's know that's perfectly it. put, Tim. Yeah. Koala just reckoned, guys, don't let the old man drive the bloody boat again. It's not a good idea. Koala got sixth. His decky got ninth. They got eight scoring fish. All barrel off the flats in the harbour. Seventy-two was the biggest. Mm. And Koala got another forty-seven cent. Yeah. 40 centimetre goldie off the flats in the exact same snake train as where he got it last time. So nice. he's pretty happy with that bycatch. More details on um, on the rest of the fishing at the Tebs in the harbour over, over the hour. Go- 40 centimetre goldie. Harbour goldie off Non-scoring the flats. Non-scoring fish is a happy yeah. bycatch. Yeah. Hi, Rob and Tim at Tales from the Tinny. It's Bruce Wildcard Extraordinaire. Ah, oh, Bruce. From the famous NT professional fishing wildcard family, East Arnhem Land. Also the man who recounted a story with a great deal of pride of how he mm. caught two barramundi whilst doing a poo off the back of his boat. <laughs> well, while he's other half... He's a skilled angler. While he's other half laughed quite profusely. You'd be aware I'm possibly the only NT pro fisherman that, in inverted commas, trolls the fine braid tightrope, as in walks the tightrope, having a gang set of drop forge 7012s in both cheeks of the access debate as both a rigid edge Aussie third-generation pro fisherman doing charter and wreck fishing as well. The recent NT Barramundi net fishery incident in East Arnhem Land, where an alleged baronet set across the Buckingham caused quite a significant amount of furor. It did, didn't it? Uh, 
publicly across media far and wide and social media, of course, much ill feeling, vitriolic public comment, industry hatred and contentious contentions, <laughs> says Bruce. It's, it's terrible when a contention gets contentious. Now, he says, I thought it would be timely to bring my renowned expertise in witty gutter humour... Oh, I like it. ...re-pooing over the gunnels, to discuss this on Tales from the Tinny on what would be the perfect public forum to try and just bring, as you said before, Tim, complete the circle of oh, love. Bring the pro, pro sector and the rec sector together by regaling them with a unifying, humorous anecdote... Yes. Of catching a barrel while doing a poo. Now that can unite a pro crabber, a net fisher, a long the, liner, the, 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 a long liner, and the the beer gutted bearded wreck fisher in his three point five punt. It's Everybody a, has a hearty. Nice yeah, one, mate. That's a yarn. Oh, I got you there, Brucey. That's <laughs> a yarn that unites all. We're up for it, Bruce. As all Australians well know, the ABC, in a particular TFT T, that's tales from the tinny, is the very, very last bastion of balanced journalistic integrity, fair play and sexual equality. It's true. They, they offered Rob and I the gig on 7.30 as hosts, take over from Lee Sales, given our balance and integrity. We politely declined in order to continue representing fairness on territory waters. Yeah. I would say that I had uh, too much integrity and uh, railed at the thought of being called a journalist. But they, 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 want, they wanted you for late line. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So to end on a more serious note than all the above waffle, tinny boys, let's give this some serious, frivolous thought. <laughs> Want to play with Honest Bruce, the very last of the natural-born hunters? Call me anytime, tinny boys. I live all abalone Bruce, next week, you're on. Packy Andy, g'day fellas. I'm pleased to be able to follow up on our interview from a couple of weeks ago with my daughter Abby and report that yesterday... She caught her first barra. It was the first time we've been out together on the boat and her first chance at a barra. She cast for three and a half hours with little assistance. She just turned six. She landed a 43 centimetre barra on a soft plastic, an hour later scored a second smaller one. All up, five barra, a estuary cod, golden trevally and a cooter in a few hours on the water with an eye line to the city. They say that in the end, life comes down to a handful of great moments. I can say hand on heart that this was one of those moments. As a person trained to remain calm in high-stress situations, on this occasion, my excitement got the better of me. You may even hear a sudden regression to and imitation of the barrel-on-demand squeal itself. It just came out of my soul. Were they? Um, got my fish. Dad was very excited. Okay, I'm going to grab the net. Okay, just don't panic, Abbott. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> quick, quick, in the net. In the net. Bring it forward. Yes! <laughs> you did it. Your first barra. <laughs> don't! Barra on demand. Oh, Abba. I can't believe it. <laughs> Luckily, we stayed calm and we were able to land it. Yeah. I did indeed hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you stayed real calm, Andy. I've run a few computations for you, Rob. Here's the bloke from the Barra On Demand song. Catch, release, take a picky for the fans, because that's the way we roll with Barra On Demand. <laughs> Here's Andy. <laughs> spot on. I'm spot on. You lost it, Andy. So hand the bloody mic over to someone who knows how to keep their cool, man. 
first I thought it was a rock, but then I knew because I was winding and it could come in, and then it was splashing and splashing, and then it jumped. Then I caught another one, but I lost it, and my little flicked right in Dad's face. How do you think you'll go with a big one? Just hold it, and then one, hold one, hold one, hold one. I got my first barra, I think, when I was 26. Was it a good day on the water? Yep. Are you going to sleep well tonight? Yeah. Thanks, Ava. Mm-hmm. See ya. See ya. Congratulations to both Andy and Abby. Well done. Well done, team. P.S. I don't really understand the whole hashtag thing, but if I did, it would be something along the lines of hashtag it doesn't get much better than this or hashtag my work as a father is now complete. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a voice. How's it going? This is James Crane from Mandora over in Woods Inlet. A little bit of southeasterly out here. The Mandora's looking beautiful and clear. There's a few fires out there near Belle We've got only one other boat here on the uh, water, which is uh, perfect the way I like it. That's my four-meter canoe, which is a cross between a canoe and a, a boat, I guess. Not many people are, are riding around in these ones, but with the five-horsepower, I can get up the creeks and uh, put the crab pots in, and uh, I can also go out a little bit blue water when I pick my days. Just loving it because uh, we're coming into the neeps, and uh, I get to have a, a look around for some tuna or go up the creeks and have a look for a bear. So far today, I've only had a few queenies and uh, some trevally looking at uh, the fly. Being such a small, low-sided boat, uh, you've got the advantage of having a little bit more stealthiness and uh, you can get real close to the fish. Coming in to build up basically and uh, I'm getting a little bit bummed that uh, we're going to lose our blue water fish. Uh, wouldn't mind trying to get a mackerel out of this rig, but it uh, uh, looks like it's time to, to head up uh, the flats and look for all the, the fish that are going to be moving in, all the barra, and uh, have some fun with them. All right, fellas, it's time for me to uh, take off. I'm going to go try to find fish and uh, have some fun. You! Tales from the Tinny. G'day, I'm Jack from Leonia. I'm a pretty tragic barra fisher. I started off in the harbour live baiting and wasn't having much success. And I started to be able to spot barra on the edges of the water. So I started to um, fish the flats and sight cast, which is good fun. But um, if it's ever a bit ripply, then you can't really see anything. So I perched myself on a cast deck and kind of lean over the front on my tippy toes. I was always trying to figure out ways to get a bit higher, get a bit taller. And you're not a short of stature person, Jack, but you still needed more height. Yeah, always more height. I started looking at these Florida Flats boats. They cruise the flats fly fishing and they've got this big platform over to the back of the outboard, but they're pretty expensive and hard to get over. So I thought I'd get something similar made for the front of the boat. Sort of trying to draw up plans for, for how this platform would work. I wanted something that wasn't permanently fixed to the boat so I wouldn't get in the road in the runoff dodging under trees and stuff. So I wanted to kind of detach and ideally sort of fold away or clip away or something to get it out of the road for other trips. What I'm imagining here is um, is actually like a, a tennis sort of umpire's tower or a lifeguard's tower on the beach. Is that sort of the idea? Yeah, something pretty tall, but, um, but also 
something that could kind of get out of the road. So I spent a bit of time at a large hardware retailer that you may know of and spotted this stepladder thing. It folds out, it's made of alley. It's about a metre off the ground, the platform, and it's got a little guardrail around the hips. Measured up the cast deck on my boat and it fits perfectly with a ratchet strap over the top. That keeps it pretty sturdy and uh, looks pretty stylish too. My mate calls it the top ender flybridge cruiser now. I can stand up the front and steer the electric and control the boat from there. Haven't fallen off yet. There must be a temptation to stand up on the ladder and just shout something along the lines of, I'm the king of the world! Step up onto the rail. Hold on. Hold on. Keep your eyes closed. (laughs) Open your eyes. No, I haven't tried that yet, but if I ever hook a metre out there, I will. So you did a, a trip a couple of weeks ago into the harbour. How'd you go? Yeah, it was really good. Took Reggie out for a fish. This is Reggie the Frenchman? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with how well we could see the barra. You can spot them from 40 or 50 metres away and mooch up towards them and then cast, which is really good. Often when you're just standing on the cast deck of the boat, by the time you've seen them, they're already a bit too spooked and they won't hit a lure. They'll kind of mouth it or swim away. What kind of size barra? Uh, Reggie's biggest one was 66, which is probably about as big as they get on the flats in the harbour. He'll actually tell you that he outfished me and got the biggest ones. Taken it out three or four other times, and I reckon I probably spot ten times more barra than if you're standing flat on the floor. It's just a matter of getting a cast into the mangroves and not falling off. you got a magic tide window you tend to target them? Yeah, always the dropping tide. Coming off the springs towards the neap is best. Got to let about a metre and a half of water drop out of the tide and then from there on it's really good fishing. The water's shallow enough to be able to see the little baby mangroves and the mangrove roots through the water and that's where the barra ambushes the bait and pours off the, off the flats. And you've got a little bit of time at that stage of the tide, that's the best one where you generally see 10, 20, 30 barra all within a 20 minute period and then the water's too shallow you've got to clear it out and move on to the shallower flats that stretch out a bit further. Same sort of fishing out there, but instead of looking up in the mangroves, you just watch shallow water, keep an eye out for the snake drains, which you can see circling and spiralling across the flats really clearly from up on the ladder. Barra pop up out of those drains and head across the flats and hunt for a bit and then pop down into another drain and you just watch them doing that and catch them there. Are you surprised that more people haven't done this? I think people do do it elsewhere, but I haven't seen anybody else do it up here. I wouldn't be surprised if a few more people head down to a hardware retailer and add a similar contraption onto their boat i reckon it's worth a try yeah i reckon with a couple more ratchet straps to make it a bit more stable you could um, chase tuna offshore as well so get up to 50 60 k's an hour and bounce over the waves up the front there and spot the schools of tuna from a long way off keep an eye out for the birds and then fling your cast further than everyone else so all right jack thanks for the yak mate and uh, and best of luck uh, atop the ladder thanks a lot hopefully get a few next time as well Innovation, in the extreme, but also at its most simple. At its most simple, that, that's my kind of flybridge cruiser. A ladder from the hardware store. And what about the stats? Ten times more barasited. I'll just say that again for you, fishers. Ten times more barasited. Have a look at the photos at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. You kind of get a sense of it. He's casting from up there, so you hook up, 
I mean, A, you don't want to fall off, and he hasn't yet, as he said, but you hook up, and what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to fight it from up there, get a, get a decky to, to net it, or scramble down the ladder? Deal with that once it's on. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, deal with that once it's on. That sounds like the fun part. Don't miss a moment of Tales from the Tinny. You can always download this whole show or any other episode from the Tinny Facebook page, ABC Radio app or your preferred podcast provider. Hello, I'm Kelly from Palmerston. Kelly from Palmerston, you've had a bit of a trip out to Channel Point to uh, some decent results just recently. Yeah, went out about, uh, I don't know, last week and caught about 40 plus barramundi. Most of them were 50s, but the 10 top fish that we caught were all in the 70s and 80s. I've never been there before. I'd never been out there before. I have no idea where I was. All I know is there were lots of rocks and I could see the land. At one stage, I thought I was going to get really seasick. So we did a bit of a troll and got hit by a massive 80-something centimetre. I was with my husband, Eddie, and his mate, Peter Politis. Yeah, after that I was on fire. I was the main catcher of the big fish, caught the top four big fish of the day. So you were on fire. Tell us how this fire erupted. How did it proceed? I guess it's um, just beginner's luck for Channel Point and I think fishing is purely luck because if you can go fishing with two really good fishermen and you're the only one that catches the big fish, surely that's luck, not skill. Don't talk yourself down, Kelly. No luck, just claim it. Take credit. Okay, I'll take the credit, but I used lures I'd never even heard of before. There were two of us using the same lures, and it seemed that the uh, fish just wanted to feel the female aura down the line. Sometimes they do. How big were the, the big four? Well, the top four were high 70s and mid 80s. And it's a big change from the rats that I've been catching on my pre-fish for the Secret Women's Business Comp. That's in two weeks today. They've usually been anywhere from 30 to 40 centimetres there, so it was a nice um, change to get some good hits at Channel Point. Especially getting some good fish with a lure you don't know. You don't know where you are. Somewhere near rocks, you can see the shore. It sounds to me, Tim, like a rehearsed line, as in, here's what you've got to say. Kelly's a gun, talking it down and not and deliberately keeping the intel on the download. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you've actually got a hard task for the secret women's coming up, Kelly. Yeah, the fish that you're allowed to catch are barra and toga. They're the scoring fish. I think it's probably going to be likely that it's going to be quantity not quality particularly with the barra i'm not talking about the fish oh what are you talking about justin timberlake oh justin oh justin trying to avoid it weren't you kelly yeah justin and i we're not that close i've got to learn this song for two and a half hours of my drive to channel point i had it on repeat the whole way every single song was just that song I can't even think of what it's called. I'm really hopeless. With lures, locations, and what's this song called? Um, I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. Okay, so that was Justin Timberlake coming at you with Can't Stop the Feeling. Why on earth are you singing that on repeat? It's a really fun thing that the Secret Women's Business Comp do. They get everyone to memorise and learn a song and then the media boat comes out and we have to dance on the boat and sing it. you got two weeks and you have to learn all the lyrics. How's it going? I got this feeling inside my bones 
It goes electric wavy when I turn it on All through my city, all through my home We're flying like when we Got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet And that's it, boys <laughs> Good on you, Kelly. Thanks very much. Oh, my credibility's just gone. As my teammates know, just because I can't sing doesn't mean I won't sing. Lovely to catch up with you. No worries. See ya. Yeah, look, tonally, I don't think... I'm happy with it. Tonally, Kelly, uh, I think everything's fine. I think she needs some assertiveness training, Kelly. So I'm not a good fisherman. I don't know this. You crank it, Kelly. You hit the tunes. You bang the fish. Hmm. You are woman. and Be, we, be we, loud and be proud. We want to hear some more roaring. <laughs> Although the reverb that was layered onto her to, to, to match Justin Timberlake, I really I think probably really helps with that self-confidence. Yeah, yeah. That was tops. Yeah, yeah. Get a mullet up, yeah. Go on. No one deserves it more than you do. Tales from the tinny. I kind of wondered if this was coming during the week. And it did, of course, from Houston. I contacted the tinny to say simply it would seem Tim and Rob hits on the bong had a detrimental effect on the Aussie cricket team. Or just seeing us talking to us. We muzzed them. They lost for the first time ever to Bangladesh by 20 runs, only chasing 150 or so. Wasn't it a 6 for 50 odd? It was a dismal performance. The minnows, the minnows. We were making fun saying, yes, you're out here banging rats, just like you'd be banging minnows in the bangers. (laughs) Wrong. Wrong. Before pride. What is it? Pride goeth before the fall. Yeah. I, of course, blame Moore and Smith, says Houston. (laughs) Their mind's still on corroboree billabong. Now, uh, you mentioned koala. Had a crack at the Tebs round on the weekend. Some good fishing. It was Team Cooper uh, came out tops. Peter Cooper. No, hang on. Jamie Cooper won the took with the top five fish. 77, 72, 70, 70, 66. So not massive fish, but good solid scoring fish. Harbour, Darwin Harbour Flats fish. Cracking. Cooper. Yeah, bloody That's good. what you're aiming for. Really. Yeah. So I reckon that's a prime chewing fish, 70. Uh, Peter Cooper, cousin, came second. Was a tight tussle. The top five were smaller. Seven fish over 73, high 60s. 30 barrel he got yeah. for the day. A lot of them rats, but he was around the Catalinas, just got lucky on a good pot of fish on the flats. It is really good fishing on Harbour Flats in Bloody Darwin, up. isn't it? For the top two. Well done, Jamie and Peter. And a potty mullet of the first order has moved overseas, Rob, and taken to the tinny phone app to file a fairly desperate report this week hey guys it's max i'm over in yogyakarta indonesia i'm studying law at a university over here i'm really loving it it's a great city highly recommend it but as per usual with anyone that's moved away from darwin i am missing the fishing and all my mates back in darwin are currently catching all these pelagics and even barris still and i'm twiddling my thumbs so i was wondering if anyone has fished over here in yogyakarta indonesia um, and if you have, it would be great to hear from you because I need to find something. 
Alright, anyway, fellas, um, I get a bit going about class in about 10 minutes. Cheers. Max, poor guy. I've been to Jog Jakarta. I think there's carp there. I've seen carp outside restaurants. Yeah, whatever's going to do it for you, Max. He's in a foreign country, he's all alone, wanting nothing more than to wet a line between classes. Mm. No idea where to start. If you can help, Max, you can do that via ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. Poor fella. Poor fella. The beard has been on the yak during the week. Mm. Tuna from Kayak off Nightcliff last weekend with two fellas called Sam. Nothing was happening. Heading back Rapid Creekway from out of the jetty. Noticed a single gari absolutely flooring it oh. across the surface, as they do. Then this Lone Ranger tuna showed its back. Follow the bastard for 300 metres oh, trying wow. to get class up. You can, you can imagine the beard. Hunkered down, <laughs> biceps pumping, oh, yeah. petrol All dripping. the veins popping out. Petrol the dripping. The well beard, the, the big Byron Bay surfy head. He's going so fast, he's just flowing up behind him. <laughs> Model photo shoots as he rolls, sweat. Paddling what? his kayak as fast as a tuna. <laughs> <laughs> then one cast. And boom! Of course. A bit of marabou jig magic. Of course. <laughs> of course. 15 minutes of fight and Dunsky went 80. Probably uh, 8 to 10 kilos stoked and you should be beard off the yak. They rippling, rippling biceps. <laughs> look, at, look at the guy. You should see the photo. We decided not to post it. Makes us look bad. Yeah, it puts everyone else to shame. G'day, I'm Buddha. Caught up with you guys a few weeks ago, and uh, I've been hanging around Kakadu ever since. I sort of can't bring myself to leave. It's bloody beautiful out there. But I uh, got onto a few good fish out at home. Bit of a fluke. I was just flicking the edges and uh, seen a big school of mullet go past, and so I threw a rubber at them, and next thing you know, there was a fish. And uh, it turns out I went out with a sounder, and um, out in the middle of the billabong, um, where you least expect it, and there'd be, there would have been, a, I don't know, 100 or more good silver fish all up to I'd say well into the 80s I caught a few in the mid 70s dropped a couple up in the 80s and we had a week of real cool nights and and the water temperature dropped about four degrees and uh, they shut down a fair bit and I haven't been in there for about three or four days now so I'll probably head back in there tomorrow the next day and see how we get on and uh, yellow waters has been doing all right too it found some good silver fish there the other day I got a 66 about a 63 and a couple in the 50s, all legal fish and all silver, all brand new fish. Where were they holding? As you come out of the cutting, you turn right and they were just down there on the on one of the weed beds. And then yesterday morning I went back in there, first cast I flicked to uh, some lilies and uh, nailed a 70 centimetre on a rubber, yeah. And then I got a few more after that, dropped a good one, probably dropped one in the mid 70s, a nice silver fish um, that I sighted. There was a pair of them just cruising along the weed bed. And I uh, just flicked the rubber to it and one nailed it, but um, he managed to spit it out. So, But, yeah, it's been good fishing, really good. Oh, obviously, mate, you've been doing well. Let's go back to home where tr- uh, traditionally your work amongst the timber work on the edges, but these fish are in the middle. Uh, what depth are they hitting you at? The depth of the water is about 20 foot, but on the sounder, they're from the bottom almost to the top. And, and I was just using um, pretty light, like 3-8 ounce um, jig heads. With six-inch rubbers, I was using big rubbers, and uh, yeah, I was getting smashed. And what was the water temperature when they were feeding, when they were really active and aggressive? Yeah, when I first found them, it was up around 29, and then uh, after those few cool days, it dropped back down to 24, I seen one morning there. And how long did they hang in that patch right in the middle of the billabong? Was it just that session, just in that day? 
I found him the first day. I got about nine that day. So I called a mate of mine that used to be a guide here in town and um, he came out the next day and we got into him again and uh, I think we got, oh, we didn't keep count but it was 15 to 20 fish. Um, same again, mid-70s, a few in the mid-70s and a couple of bigger ones that I dropped and uh, then, then they started to taper off as the water temperature sort of dropped. But they're still there, you, you cruise past and they'll pop up on the sand, big mobs of them. So It is atypical in a billabong setting, uh, Yellow Waters and Home out there because there is access all the time pretty much to the south so salt fish can come up sounds like it's those fish are they in good condition as well or are they a bit skinny from travel yeah no they've leaned off a fair bit but i tell you they, there's a big difference in the fight between them and the, the i've been pulling a fair few out of the weed beds and stuff up near the paper barks and yeah the the silver fish go hard really hard compared to the compared to the other ones electric fishing buddha you must have been living off barra for the last three weeks since we last spoke to you. <laughs> no, it's funny, I, uh, I've kept two. I've been out there about four or five weeks now, on and off, and um, generally I don't keep fish at all, but um, I couldn't help myself. I thought, I'll have to have a go at a couple of these, and they're bloody beautiful, yeah. I've managed to keep two of them. Um, a couple of small ones, just oversized, and uh, all the rest I let go, so... Heading back out now, mate? Yeah, just coming to town to catch up, get a few things, and... Um, yeah. Stock up on rubbers? Yeah, that too. <laughs> D- deliver the report to the tinny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, deliver the report and uh, yeah, head straight back out before the weekend, so before it gets smashed by everyone else. The Buddha doing the business in the lotus position up the front on the casting deck of his boat. It'd be a sight, wouldn't it, Buddha, in his lotus position? You know, and that funny that Buddha thing they do with you know two fingers up. To, you know, the, whatever the peace and harmony type thing is. Not the two fingers up that we usually do. I don't do. know what you're talking about. Good fishing, though. The bongs are going off out there. You're listening to Tales from the Tinny. Get them rubbing up, yeah. <laughs> G'day, I'm Shanks. Hi, I'm Brownie. Boys, we're here on your proud vessel here on the side of the road in Nakara. What's she called again? The Wobbegong Princess. Got it off a guy in Palmerston and there was no name on it. So after about two weeks of emails going backwards and forth and it was either going to be dry rot or... Or regulator. Or the regulator. But for some reason we uh, yeah ended up with yeah the Wobbegong Princess. Had a pretty interesting trip out to Blue Holes last set of Neeps. Yeah, we had a good good trip out there. Turns out the boat was only firing on two cylinders the whole way out, so it took, <laughs> took a long time to get out. <laughs> we just thought it was bad fuel, but no, motor, was, <laughs> motor wasn't working. Used up most of our fuel to get out there, and so we could only really go diving on one spot and fishing just off. The so, Middle Vernon, the middle whatever Vernon. that one's called. Yeah. Shanks and another mate, Clint, were in the water swimming around, having a spear. Me and another couple of mates were just... Uh, having a flick along the edge of this reef and all of a sudden we saw a few bommies and we went over to check them out but right next to one of these bommies out of a big gutter yeah a massive crocodile just popped up out of nowhere and just started swimming around maybe 25 meters from Clint. 25 meters from <laughs> <laughs> how big is it was this lizard i reckon it was getting up near four meters yeah started up the boat and as quickly as we could got the the boys back into the boat just followed this crocodile around for a little while yeah, the visibility was amazing up there, so we just hung around with this crocodile and it was pretty inquisitive. Did you actually have a uh, an somewhat 
innovative sort of safety device on board. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a drone she can send up. To be honest, we haven't really used it for this <laughs> before. <laughs> but I reckon from now on, we're going to send the drone up, put it right up in the sky, and that way we'll be able to see any crocs around us before we go diving. I honestly didn't think that would be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodiles are a myth. <laughs> That's Shanks' <Yeah>. motto. <laughs> but where we were up at the Vernons, we were a long way from that first Vernon where there's, there is that creek that runs up through it and... I've seen a croc there before, but where we were, we were... It was just open water. Yeah, we yeah. were open water miles away from it, and, and the water was crystal clear and just not the, the sort of area where you'd expect to see a croc. What was the croc's reaction? Yeah, it was just really <laughs> chilled out. The thing that surprised me was we were right on top of it, and if we didn't know it was a crocodile, the boys could have quite easily rolled in and gone for a spear right there, thinking it was just an interesting part of the reef. Yeah. It was just so well camouflaged. Shanks, when you realise that so they're hollering over to you like croc, 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 mm-hmm. what's going through your head? I'm not, I'm not too worried. We didn't, we didn't really, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was just swimming up. It's, yeah. yeah, the crocodile was moving pretty slowly. I think more so it was just, it was just inquisitive and coming yeah. to check us out. And We did eventually manage to just like harass it enough and just follow it around until it got sick of us and it swam off. And so then we kept spearing. <laughs> How do you guys do there normally for spearing? What kind of species you get? Coral trout, tuskfish, they're real easy to, to get. We usually target reef fish, mainly because it's too murky really to go for pelagics. So not just spearos on board, you guys throw a line in too? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm not a huge spearo myself, so it works out well having a few guys on board who are spearos, and then when they're in the water, that gives us a bit of time to you know flick along a, a bit of reef or just to have a bit of a potter around and see how what's on the bite. symbiosis. Yeah. <laughs> how does that work for the Spearows? Are we just going to troll over here or what? Oh, we don't care, mate. We'll just drift around. After we finished for the day, we decided to head back, you know, still firing on two cylinders. <laughs> we, we made it. Through, what, yeah. Much fuel. <laughs> yeah, we got to about, I don't know, probably, you know, maybe three k's off buff creek so we're in phone reception and ran out of fuel and we're pretty lucky so then we had to put an sos out on no one yeah <laughs> no one came no one. <laughs> so the wind and uh i suppose the wind and the tide and the swell were all in our favor so we just drifted in and chucked the anchor out off the casuarina surf club and a couple of friends who saw our message on facebook met us down at the surf club with a jerry can picked up this jerry can off cas beach swam back out to the boat the boat up again and limped back to Nycliffe boat ramp and <laughs> oh yeah and we were sinking as well for a little while on the way back yeah we had to do a bit of bailing and yeah sort our bilge pump out she's a good boat man how's she holding up yeah, she's this solid. thing is solid yeah this thing is bulletproof we know this boat back to front now because it's broken down so many times on us but you know it's not about the the fishing it's about the time on the water with the boys Have a look at the pics on Facebook. They are amazing, the drone photos yeah. that show the outline of that croc. Drone footage is just mm. introducing a new world. Oh, man. A I mean, vision, they track... There's, on, on that Facebook post at ABC Tales from the Tinny, if you click through the photos, there's a video where they, they tracked and hovered behind the croc as it was swimming away. It's just stunning. But newsflash for you, boys, crocodiles as you now know, are not a myth. They are a big issue. 
Boys are off on a trip in a couple of weeks, spearing and flicking around Golden Island and Coburg on the mighty Wobbegong Princess, <laughs> which is a red 1980s fibreglass job. Taking everything into account of what they've learnt and shared from this yarn, it's going to be an interesting trip. At the very least, hopefully she's now uh, she's now more buoyant, and all cylinders are are firing. Good luck to the boys and the mighty Wobbegong. G'day, um, Jason uh, from Wildside Sport Fishing. You're looking a bit uh, down in the mouth there. You're looking a bit sad around the edges, mate. What, what's, what's going on? Yeah, well, I haven't had the best morning, to be honest. Uh, left the hose running all night. Just copped a parking ticket and we lost one of our family members, unfortunately. Oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry to hear that, mate. Yeah, yeah. woke up this morning and got to me a uh, little fish bowl there and Taddy, one of our pets, had actually gone belly up overnight. So it's been a bit of a struggle. Been looking after him for months. He was just about to graduate, actually. He had all of his legs and arms and uh, he was ready to go and, yeah, come out this morning and he, and he was belly up, so it was a bit tough. Green tree frog? Yeah, yeah. I'd sort of reared him outside and then we brought him inside for the kids to have a look at him. He sort of, he popped his arm out. It's, you know, it's a big thing when one of your kids gets their first arm. <laughs> it's a difficult time. <laughs> yeah. So I actually saw him pop his first arm and then... Uh, he had his second arm last night and uh, he, was, he was pretty much ready to graduate and uh, he's losing his tail and paddling around and so I went to bed and got up this morning and uh, Katie came in and said uh, he's not looking too good. Would it be uh, cruel, Jace, to say that he didn't have the legs to get the rest of the job done? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure actually. It was, it was a bit hard to take but uh, yeah, I gave him a proper send-off anyway. Down the toilet? No, I gave him to one of the chooks. A couple of eggs on toast tomorrow. <laughs> That's right, yeah, might have a slightly uh, strange flavour. Meanwhile, you've had an eventful uh, flats fishing session for dry season barra recently, Jase. Yeah, yeah, we had a pretty good morning. So we probably caught 15 or 20 and got the old boy onto his first barra. So he was excited, lost a few and shreddy and stuff. Worked our way, as you do, out off the flat. And I normally follow about 0.7, 0.8 of a metre. We sort of were getting out, almost time to take off. I was casting inshore and I hooked what I thought was a, an eagle ray at first and took off uh, at 100 miles an hour, like a whistle through the water, the line. Took off between two trees, ran the tree and just kept going. So just had no respect for the mangroves, just pointed the boat straight in. (laughs) (laughs) Bugger the juke, eh? Yeah, yeah. In our game, you can't have any respect for them. uh, So I just pointed the boat straight at it and went full noise with the 80-pound eye pilot. So I wasn't up on the plane or anything, but just (laughs) said to the boys, get down, and I sort of ducked down, pointed the rod at the tree stumps. You, you wouldn't have driven through there, you know, but the fish went through there, so we followed. <laughs> and luckily the fish slowed a little bit. I backed the drag off. So by this point, you'd punched through the mangroves from one side to the other yeah. on the electric, yeah. and the fish had gone through the mangroves ahead of you? Yeah, so I actually opened up, and because the old boys are my mate Tone, who was there as well, they're not up with the electric motor sort of business, so I was trying to drive the electric motor. The fish is running at the same time. I've got mangrove branches in my hair, and trying to clean myself up. The fish was still running. Uh, last time we spoke to you, Jason... <laughs> There was, uh, there was another chaotic event like this and we introduced a bit of uh, theme music that seemed to work well with the chair. We might reintroduce that at this point. Just stand by. Uh, we got out the other side and just kept taking line and then decided to run back at the boat under the mincoder and then around the back of the mincoder and I had to do all this myself, go under the motor, then around the main motor, try and trim it up, still fighting the fish with a rod over the back of the boat while trimming the motor up. <laughs> Still covered in mangrove leaves. Yeah, probably bright red at that stage, sort of swearing and carrying on. 
and yeah, got them right under the motor without breaking the rod. And eventually, uh, after I think it went around the mincoder again, and then just took ages <laughs> to get it in. It's just ridiculous. But we actually saw the fish come up, big yellow tail, and you know, realised it was a good fish. You could feel it uh, as the fight progressed after the first main run. You could feel it uh, knocking and and coughing, you know, like through the rod. And I, that's when I sort of realised it was a decent fish. So each time it went between the bow and the electric, so it was just a case of putting the rod down and through and then around, and, and luckily it didn't cut me off on the prop. You landed? Yeah, we landed it. It wasn't the biggest fish we've caught. It was a sub-metre. It was 95 or 96 centimetres long, but very heavy, awesome fight. But, and the netting process went quite smoothly. Yeah, Tony, my old mate Tony netted it. So, so you got I one of the bloody passengers on the well, boat to useful. finally do something. Yeah, he did a great job of netting it. It was an awesome job. He's a photographer, so he got some good photos. So this is what was going on while you were going through the stress, obviously. He was setting his aperture. Yeah. <laughs> As photographers do, you know. So uh, I'm sure he got a few good photos. Congratulations on what sounds like an epic fight and an epic battle and a great Darwin dry season flats barrel. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. It was, uh, it was a fantastic day. Tales from the Tinny. Now, you might remember this from last week, Fishos. In fact, I'm sure you do. I'm sure the acid, the bile is still burning in the pit of your stomach. He's passed me the net over. Man, there's a red tag in this fish. And then she tells us, you know the comp doesn't start till October the 1st. I just didn't know what to say. My heart shattered, man. You would have heard it from Darwin, eh? It just broke. One of the best and worst days of my life right there in about 20 minutes of itself. So what did they tell you? Basically, they said that I'm too early for the competition and they're going to want the tag back. You get nothing? I get nothing. Ripped off. What about an esky? To you, Crown Bet. To you, Tourism NT. To you, gods of fairness. The very least you could bloody do is give the man an esky. I'll get at least an esky, surely, for me honesty, because honesty gets rewarded in this world that is just and true. No, it's not. So outraged by that injustice, Rob. We put it out to our broad networks of spies, informants and little birdies last week to bring us some dirt on these these low-down, no-good, dishonourable head honchos. Need a lesson in justice and fair play and honesty and integrity. And boy, didn't the church deliver! I got a tip that the bloke in charge of prizes would be at the Jingley Water Park 5pm Wednesday with his kid for a play date. Oh, you didn't, Tim? Yeah, I did pushed his kid off the swing, demanded a resolution for Brad. Did the kid cry? Oh, yeah. Another tip that Lauren Moss, the tourism minister, would be at Rapid Creek Markets on Sunday. I went there, I met her, bribed her with some of my magpie goose and chicken sausages. That worked a treat. (laughs) While you've been running the radical reactionary gambit... Only way to roll, I thought. The dark plays, you might say. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bribery... And blackmail. That's me. <laughs> I've been uh, mobilising the outraged tinny masses in more conventional protest methodologies. Civil, okay. civil disobedience, for example. Good. We've been chaining ourselves to the front bars of various suburban pubs, refusing to obey don't walk signs. Yeah, and I know that's a challenge for you, so well done. I've rallied the righteously indignant to pummel the million-dollar mob and tourism NT with a ceaseless digital barrage. 
charge of incandescently outrage, but still courteous, <laughs> emails. you got to be courteous. Gee, you. you go hard. See, it's good cop, bad cop. I just like pushing kids off swings. You're going there, you're abusing the insults and the violence. I'm just keeping it nice. There's a beautiful pincer movement by you and I on the oh, tinny. That's right. I've even petitioned the administrator to convene a royal commission into this manifestly egregious travesty of justice. Judges love that word, egregious. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> royal commissions, they're the latest craze, you know, and everybody folds in the face of a royal commission. Don't know what. We had one just recently over the Barramundi cake controversy. It appears we've had some joy, fishos. They've folded. They've buckled under the sheer weight of the tinny church's thirst for justice. We invited Brad to meet us at the park with some important news. Probably thinks he's going to get the cash. Wrong, Brad. Wrong. Thanks for joining us, mate. We've promised you we bring you some good news. I just need to make clear it's not the 10K, okay? All good, bud. All just like a beer, eh? Really? <laughs> you, know, you never asked much, did you? No, mate, no. And, and nor did we, Brad. All we asked on your behalf was... Justice! Was justice. And we felt justice was an esky. That's it. How are you feeling and how you've been coping with the injustice in the last week, though, mate? Mate, I'm still shattered, but every day is getting a little bit better. You've had a bit of a tragedy with your own esky, just to rub salt into the wound, mate. Yeah, went fishing out to Crawberry last weekend and the old esky lid flew off out the back of the boat and now I'm, I'm an esky down. You can't win, bro. No, I know, I know. I'm bad luck Brad, mate. Even my mates call me that. How did that actual fish taste, the 57 centimetre that had a red tag in it? Not the best. It's, it's um, quite painful just to even try and stomach it. Was it bitter? It was very bitter. Uh, hard to swallow? <laughs> That's the one, mate. Uh, <laughs> well, we've exerted all our power. And what we've secured for you, Brad, is a Season 3 prize pack inclusive of an MDF fishing shirt, cap and stubby holders. Nice, huh? Oh, wow. Hey, Bloody awesome. It's something, isn't it? It's hey, not a beer, mate. but it's something. That's something to put a beer in. <laughs> yes. But there's more. Check this out. The dudes in charge are also chucking in not an esky. That's all we asked for, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. And it's, or maybe just a lid. Hey, the That'd lid do you. Yeah. Yeah, do me. What they've given us, insert drum roll. <laughs> Ding! A 12-volt bloody car fridge. Oh, wow. 1850 bucks worth. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. That's bloody awesome. How, 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 that's awesome. Thank you, guys. That's bloody unreal. You probably would have bought one with 10K anyway, wouldn't you? Oh, I don't know. The baby's got me, buddy, all me money at the moment. Put the formula in there for him, mate. Oh, you know it. <laughs> uh, at least I'll be able to keep the, the bar at least a bit fresher now. <laughs> and, of course, we, we worked a bit hard, but the real thanks has to go to the tinny, the motivated mob, the angry horde that just about knocked down the doors of power to get you justice, Brad. Thanks, guys. Hey, I appreciate everything. So an MDF prize pack and your very own $1,850 12-volt car fridge. We feel good about justice. Can you go fishing again now? I'll be out there this weekend, mate, for sure. Good on you, champion. You've got to get back on that horse. <laughs> awesome, mate. Cheers. Tales from the tinny. The other thing we've got to make clear, Rob, is this is a one-off. We, we can't call on our church like this every time. It can't be a precedent. Now, I mean, if nothing else, it serves as a reminder for shows that the comp starts on October... 
you can't claim this week's lotto prize with last week's lotto numbers. A small lesson here is maybe acquaint yourself with an invention that's been around for a very long time. It's been drawn on cave walls, it's been scratched into trees. It's called a calendar. Good on you, Brad. Thank you very much, and I'd just like to say thank you to the people at the Million Dollar Fish, too, for everything they've done. They didn't have to, so it's awesome that they did. Thanks to you on the tinny this week, Fishos, for tuning in and taking part right throughout the week. You can do so anytime at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook, via email, fishing at abc.net.au. Join us anytime on the podcast, on iTunes, via Facebook, via abc.net.au forward slash tinny, or your preferred podcast provider. Listen on the phone when you like. Just get it any way you can. Just get it right on up, you. Thanks to Warren, to Packy Andy, James Crane, Jack Feeney, the stepladder innovator. Innovator. Kelly and Justin Timberlake. Kelly, you can seriously hold a note. Max in Yogyakarta. Buddha. Shanks and Brownie learning some tough lessons about what it takes to stay afloat, stay safe and stay alive on Territory Waters. Jason Bettles and the poor little departed tadpole. Rest in chook. Rest in chook. And to you, Brad Watson, and of course, the mob at uh, Million Dollar Fish, who played along this week, despite not having to. You've done, the, you've done the right thing, and you've you've restored faith in the organisation and the competition I'd like as to we think... head into Season 3, starting in a couple of weeks. I'd like to think, Tim, that it was my measured approach rather than your violence and threats that brought about the result. But a result it is good on you, Million Dollar this has been Tales from the Titty. You can get it up here again next week. <laughs>